And I love how they're drinking water. This is very you. I know. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Okay, Annabelle and her friend, like, Annabelle and, like, this crew, like, Owen and Raleigh are me, and they, like, go to Bento, and they're like, we're going to drink water. <laughs> and you're Remy and her set of friends are like, we're underage. We know the bouncer. We're going to drink some beer anyways. No one can stop us. <laughs> oh, God. That Michael Ann is dead. She can't come over there right now. Why? Because she's, she's dead. dead. everyone and welcome back to hate spinnerbait the podcast where we hate spinnerbait but we love a truth squad reunion yes we do my name is michaelin and with me as always is bethany bethany how's it going it's good i just had a lovely four-day weekend we just wrapped up memorial day weekend i have to say though nothing is harder than getting up and wanting to go to work after you just had four days off my whole day. I've been so discombobulated. So apologies in advance. If you thought you were getting well-rested, Bethany, because I had a four-day weekend. Psych, I'm still as loopy as ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, next time we record, I'm probably going to be a zombie. But yeah, that's, that's it though. That'll be the last recording before. Speaking of reunions, before Mike Lan and I reunite at her wedding. Boop, 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 Obviously, boop, boop. our reunion is like not the most exciting part of that weekend, but I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's up there. It's, it's up there. Like, like top you five. know? Yeah, not to toot my own horn, everyone, but like toot toot. Also, not to toot my own horn, but I was just before recording our podcast, I was listening to our podcast because I'm cool <laughs> like that. And yeah, sometimes I just listen to my own podcast. And I was like, hot damn, we really are so funny sometimes. So just, yeah, you know, if you can't give yourself a compliment, who will? So way to go us. Way to go us. I love us. It is. We're great. I love listening to my own podcast. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Who are those funny women? They're so so funny. Again, do I love the sound of my own voice? No, but I love the things I'm saying. So that counts for something, I think. Nobody loves the sound of their own voice. My voice sounds so different in my head or, or, or to myself or whatever. Yes, I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't like think I sound the way I sound when I hear it back. And I'm like, oh, that's what people hear all the time. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I know. It's like jarring. I'm like, oh, apologies, who is that? Everyone. Jump scare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all right. Recap us. Just listen. What did we do? What have we read? We have Annabelle. And she is getting to know her classmate, Owen. They are like, he's like introducing her to the world of music. Um, They have kissed a few times. So they're like together. A couple of times. They're in love. They're in love. um, (laughs) Where we left off, 
was Annabelle was realizing that her old friend Emily was sexually assaulted by the same guy she was. And that's where we left off. And it's not going to get much happier than that. Oh, boy. Literally the first chapter. You know how last week it took us like 18 hours to get through chapter 10? I'd like to get through chapter 13 in five minutes because the amount that I want to discuss this chapter is not a lot. Also, I want to apologize to the people. Once again, my dogs are being as disruptive as they can be. And I'm also in the living room now, so you can definitely hear the fish tank. I promise I'm not peeing. It's the fish tank. (laughs) (laughs) And so it would be a very long pee. Exactly. You'd have to be like, what's wrong with you? So we, yeah, I'd be like, wow, you might want to get that checked out. Your kidneys are working. (laughs) They're working real good. (laughs) Before we get into chapter 13, again, it's so heavy. It is very intense. Massive trigger warning. Uh, We've been saying at the start of every episode, trigger warning for eating disorder and sexual assault. But this week in particular, trigger warning for sexual assault. So please tap out now if that's going to be something that's triggering to you. We totally understand. And as I have said, we look forward to seeing you for the next novel. And even for those that are are staying, just again, remember, take, take care of yourself. Fast forward through chapter 13 if you have to. We totally understand. It's yeah, it's tough. Exactly. Okay. I'm just, you know what? You're just going to hear that in the background. I don't know. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Okay. Dog mom life. Dog mom life. So chapter 13 is where we finally get the flashback of what happened about what happened that night at the party where her and Sophie stopped being friends. One thing I want to point out about this is before she goes out, she distinctly remembers, again, before a major life event happens to her, she thinks about how the dinner that night was the main focus was Whitney because she had like just gotten home and things were really bad and Annabelle was worried about her mom. Yes. Yeah, that was a main concern before going out to this party where everything goes down. And that is very important to know because that's going to play a big part into how she handles what happens to this party is that that is like in the back of her mind, this like concern for her mother because her mother is like obviously struggling with Whitney. Is anyone surprised? It's Whitney. But which again, just to clarify Totally understandable when he's going through it, but not understandable that the mother forgets that she has two other children. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't want to spend like a ton of time going over all the details of this chapter because like if you read it, like you know the details, basically she was at a party and he called her into a bedroom. She thought it was some guy she had been talking to who needed a water because he was drunk. And then he, you know, like pretty much traps her in there and everything goes down. And it's bad. Um, yeah. And then Sophie walks in and she's like, Will, what's going on? He's like, it's like, girl, what do you think? What do you, what do you think, think is, going is going on? on? What does this look like to you? There is 
one small tiny thing from the party, just a little a little lightheartedness before we get back into the deep, which is for once and the only time pretty much ever in this book that I agree with Sophie, they're talking about Emily's talking about there's these like cute college guys outside. And Sophie goes, and you'd want to date a college guy who hangs out at a high school party. And I'm like, hate to admit it, but I agree with Sophie on this one. <laughs> I was like, thank you, girl. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Sophie on this. I'm going to give her that Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Seth goes down in the room with Will, which again, uh, we're not going to get into the details of, but to be clear, he sexually assaults her. She did nothing wrong. And yeah, Sophie comes in and sees them. Immediately, you know, Annabelle kind of becomes the scapegoat in this and she gets painted as the bad guy. Will, you know, is kind of being like oh, I don't know she just came in here and she wanted and Annabelle just freezes and doesn't know what to say which is totally understandable under the circumstance and yeah she kind of never really gets to say anything she goes home her dad is up watching the history channel which we read earlier in the novel that was kind of their thing and ever since she kind of says ever since the summer she's kind of stopped doing it and it's very clear, you know, she came home literally that night and her dad was up and was just like, hey, how's the party? And Annabelle being Annabelle and just not knowing how to cope with it. And also, I think, again, that the back of her mind, her worrying about her mother, worrying about my parents already have so much going on with Whitney. I can't add anything. What? Who would even believe me? There's a lot of talk about that. She's not sure who would even believe her. And then as as it goes on, she gets even more concerned. Like, obviously, that very night, uh, she doesn't say anything. And then it's kind of like, shoot, well, when do I say something now? You know, like, no one's definitely going to believe me now if I bring it up, you know, months later. But that very night, she goes home and her dad is just like, hey, watching this thing. Do you want to watch? And she's like, no, I'm good. And he's like, how was the party? And she's like, it was fine. And that's it. She just, like, doesn't talk about it. Yeah. I did like this one part. She's kind of talking about how the next day she tried to call Sophie and they really wouldn't like she just not talk to her. Sophie's like, fuck you, basically. And she says here, even so deep down, I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, that this wasn't my fault. And in a perfect world, I could tell people what happened and somehow not be ashamed in real life, though, this was harder. I was so used to being looked at. It was part of who I was, who, I, who I'd who i been as long as I could remember. But once people knew about this, I was sure they'd see me in a different way. That with every glance, they'd no longer see me, but what had happened to me. So raw and shameful and private, turned outward and suddenly scrutinized. I wouldn't be the girl who had everything, but the girl who'd been attacked, assaulted, so helpless. It seemed safer to hold it in where the only one who could judge was me. Yeah. Yeah. That paragraph just oof. Yeah, I know. From start from start to finish, it's a wallop. That's yeah. A lot to take in, but obviously very very beautifully written and sadly like very true. And it mm-hmm. I mean see in the progressing chapters, like Emily is a little bit more vocal about what happened to her. Has become the talk of the town. Because, you know, yeah, like high school is is tough and people gossip. And even in, you know, I don't think most people are coming at it in a way that's like, 
anti-Emily or anything. Like, I think most people would be like, wow, that's a terrible thing that happened to her. But yeah, then suddenly it's like you get these pitying looks or these people, yeah, being like, I don't know, do you believe it? Or, oh, I've heard he's done it before, you know, whatever. And it just becomes this thing that you can't escape. And then, yeah, you're not you anymore. You become this thing that happened to you. And I can 100% empathize with that. And just, yeah, I can I can totally understand a teenage girl and like not wanting to come forward with something like that. And and sometimes you come forward with things and people just kind of, you know, like laugh it off and are like, I don't know why you like take that so seriously. And it's like, cause it was a serious thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is true to like, when something like that happens, you do become like, Oh, have you heard about her? Did you yeah. hear about her? And it's like, you just want to move on with your life. And it's like, the people around you just won't let you. Yeah, exactly. Um, which we kind of see, we kind of do see with Emily a little bit because they talk about it at school for like a long time. Yeah. Of course. Like, of course they do. I would have as well if I was them. But, ugh. And also, which like, I'm totally skipping ahead because this doesn't have to like, whatever. But like, while we're on this topic... The gossip also kind of becomes a lot about Sophie and like yeah oh how which again I I appreciate that people are concerned because like that is I can't like I can't imagine like you're dating this person and you love this person and then you find out that there's someone who's like going around sexually assaulting people um and again I don't know at this point in the novel we don't know does Sophie believe you know the Emilys the people that are stepping forward saying this happened to me is she believing Will I, we don't know that yet but. I understand people being concerned about her, but it is so interesting and, again, just, like, so true to life that, like, no one is really being like, oh, how is Emily? I wonder how Emily is. Everyone's like, poor Sophie. And it's like, yeah, which, again, it just kind of reminds me of the whole Whitney and Annabelle situation. It's like I'm not saying lessen what Whitney is going through. Um, I think her parents definitely need to be concerned with what Whitney is going through, but – also be concerned about what your other daughters are going through so the whole sophie and emily of it all it's weird to me that people are always just like oh poor sophie and no one's like oh my god how's like how is emily is she okay has anyone talked to her like it's always just immediately the focus goes on one of them which is so interesting but honestly very true to life (laughs) yeah definitely another thing and like this is me being like very like judgmental of these fictional parents but and as we said before in dreamland like it's easier to say hindsight 2020 it's easier to say when we i know what's going on in annabelle's mind i know that this thing happened to her but when she comes in from the party and like her dad can kind of sort of tell that something's off but he doesn't push it that bothers me so much considering that you had a daughter who you like didn't push and was clearly going through something and then she was passed out on the the bathroom floor like I would almost assume that the parents would be like overbearing at this point to their children which also wouldn't be a good thing but like the fact that they like so easily let her drop things is just concerning a little bit to me because I'm like hello remember when your one daughter was hiding something like like, why wouldn't you think that maybe another one could be possible of that but you know yeah exactly like why are you ignoring blatant warning signs and then you know she's like they go they like end up at the store a few days later and her mom's like a few days later or is it recent no no no. that was that was a few days later couple of weeks later she was at the drugstore and her mom was like oh look isn't that sophie 
And it's like, yeah. Like, how do you not gauge her reaction? Like, how are you? And she's like, oh, go say hi. Go say hi. And it's like, are you just not like even paying attention to me at all? Because how can you not tell that this is happening? Um, Like, how oblivious are you to what is going on in your daughter's life? Which is interesting because I'm jumping ahead, which is what it is a little bit but um like owen can tell when they're at bendo that she's not okay like owen and he does kind of push her a little bit i mean you know we'll get to it but if this guy can see it why can't her mother it's because like her mother's Mm -hmm. not paying attention to her like in any way basically basically yeah yeah (sighs) yeah and of course uh, i mean we'll get into yeah we'll get into the bendo Mm -hmm. evening here um okay yeah any other thoughts on chapter 13 before we move on from it <laughs> uh, uh one um one thing on page 273 i highlighted this area that says um then i still thought everything i felt about that night the shame the fear would fade in time healing like a one-time gash to a single barely noticeable scar but that hadn't happened um and that is again like so relatable to the experience because you're like it's okay. I just, I'll move on. Like, I'll be fine. And then, you know, it's 10 years later and you're like, oh, I'm not fine at all. Turns out. Yeah. That is, that is very true to life as well. Yes. Yeah. I like this whole last bit here. It's kind of like last paragraph about the light and the dark. And she says, um, you know, I used to think it was simple, like one was good, one was bad. Suddenly, though, things weren't so clear. The dark was still a mystery, something hidden, something to be scared of. But I'd come to fear the light, too. It was where everything was revealed or seemed to be. Eyes closed, I saw only the blackness, reminding me of this one thing, the most deep of my secrets. Eyes open, there was there was only the world that didn't know it, bright and escapable and somehow still there. Which, wow. Yeah. 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 Also, I wish you all could see. We have a special, we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Zuko's here. Zuko, do you want a podcast? He Ask literally, his face was just like perfectly by the mic. He was like, hello. I know. He's ready. He's like, I, let me tell you about my sister. A few months ago, my parents <laughs> brought home this fucking dog. And it's been torture. It's like, my since. life was so good. I was an only child. I was loved. They said you're getting a sister, and I was into it. And then they brought home Willow. <laughs> and my life has never been good again. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Poor buddy. Big baby. But yeah, that's chapter 13, and it is, ugh. I mean, beautiful, but. Yes, beautifully written. It's very. Again, I think I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. A very important topic that needs to be discussed. And I'm happy that our queen, Sarah Dessen, chose to highlight this issue that does unfortunately happen to many women, but also not fun to read. So, yeah. Okay. Chapter 14. Let's do it. Let's. Oh, wait. It's also a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Every single one of these back to back to back bummers so sorry guys this these three chapters are really not we've reached that part of the novel yeah absolutely next week we'll start climbing we'll climb our way out 
Always gonna be a man. I don't know the words to the song. I just know that it's the club. Oh my gosh. When am I muted? Am I muted? (laughs) No, I can hear you. I'm not muted. Okay, sorry. I like keep muting and unmuting because I keep having to move and the dogs and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, quick anecdote. When I was a junior in high school, my class, not my whole class, but you know, like through school, we went on a trip to France, which was very mm-hmm. fancy of us. And yeah, we, we, yes, 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 yes. And we um, walked up a dormant volcano that had a church at the top. Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school, fancy. a church at the top from like 500 AD. And the entire time we were climbing the, the volcano, we were all listening to the climb and singing it out loud. I went to an all-girls school. And so we're all just like, that's honestly like, beautiful. In the middle of France. Like, there we were, a bunch of like 16, 17-year-old girls just belting out in the a- climb while we were going to see some like beautiful historical thing. And honestly, I love that. I think that's beautiful. I think we should have that yeah it was yes. it was oh my god i, I like lost words <laughs> yeah. there but you know what i mean. but we are thriving absolutely thriving. i mean how are you guys doing my oh, neighbors yeah. they kept me up all night with fireworks i can't stress that enough okay i didn't even know memorial day was a firework holiday who when did we decide that that was a firework yeah, holiday? i heard them going off on sunday night i think and i was like you know, I'm what the heck? so paranoid about gunshots. I'm like, are those gunshots? Andrew's like, no, yeah. they're probably fireworks because it's Memorial Day. I'm like, what the? F- Who knew that was a? It, I didn't know there was a. Why it? I'm like that was a thing. It. This is another thing, y'all. When you live in Orlando for many years and you can see fireworks every day, like the firework holidays, it, which again, I don't think Memorial Day is one, but apparently it is. I don't know like aren't a big thing because you can see fireworks every day. Yeah. So like no one really like sets them off around you because they just like drive to Disney to watch them. <laughs> I, I could see them from my – I could see them from my bedroom window. Yeah. She could see Russia from her house as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anytime anyone says they can see something from their house, I immediately go back to circa like 2008 SNL, Tina Fey, although as we have learned since, problematic, but I know. still, what a great Sarah Palin impression that was. Thank you. That everyone. was, a, Those were good that was an amazing. Oh my God. What the hell oh, was Oh wait, before name? we get depressed by chapter 14, uh, Sarah Palin? Sarah Palin. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy Alaska lady. Mm-hmm. God almighty. Um, I was told that you had an under the sea story. Oh. So before we were depressed somewhere by this novel, can I – I just remember that. I was like, wait a minute. Speaking, speaking of anecdotes. Yes. Okay. Do tell. So it's like not that serious. I don't know why I waited until we were recording. I should have just told you. But Bethany said she's had a bunch of songs stuck in her head recently, including under the sea. And I was like, ha ha, that's so funny. I don't know why I waited till we were recording. This is not a good story. Oh, this build up. And now you're going to be like, it wasn't a good story. But it's funny because I had just checked Hate Spinner Bates DMs and your mom said one of her car wash songs was Under the Sea. So I was like, oh, look at that. Oh, yes. You guys are 
is. I mean, wow, mom, that's a good one. That's appropriate. I made my mother, I didn't make her, but I recommended to her watching the Howard Ashman documentary because, listen, Disney, 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 let's let's come close, everyone. Disney, I love you. You know that. I've given you a lot of money, (laughs) but... I think it's a real dick move. And I i mean this wholeheartedly, a real dick move to pull the Howard Ashman documentary the same weekend that you put out a live action Little Mermaid. The man who gave you the music to make that movie a possibility and you pull his documentary, whatever. I'm mad about it. But anywho, it's off Disney Plus now. So I texted my mom this weekend and was like, listen, this is your last weekend, but you can watch this movie and it's really good and you should watch it. And I rewatched it and I cried all over again because it just makes me – it just makes me really sad, y'all. When I think, wow. The entire AIDS epidemic makes me really sad, obviously. And I can't say this enough. Fuck Ronald Reagan. But anyways, yeah. um, we're going to get back to Just Listen any moment, I promise. But uh, – so it just – AIDS in general makes me sad. But it just really makes me sad. I don't know why I'm always a sucker for this. Like artists who like never – fully got to see like the legacy that they had like Vincent Van Gogh and um that was his name who Larson something Larson who did Rent and mm. then like died right before it like basically premiered and then Howard Ashman like yes he got to see and the little he was alive when the little mermaid came out and um, I think that's the only one because he would have passed by the time Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast came out I think but, like, I was, like, texting my mom about this the other night, and it was, like, makes me really sad. And I was, like, I know that he knows. Like, I know that he lived and saw that his movies were a success and that his music was beloved. But, like, I don't think, like, the fact that children, like, we grew up with those movies and now, like, my sisters have children and they're listening to those songs. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, this one man, technically him and Alan Menken, so two men, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, made these songs that, like, will stand the test of time. And, like, he never got to know that. And that just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, that was my long tangent about Howard Ashman and what a genius I think he was. And I think it was a dick move that Disney pulled his documentary. But whatevs. <laughs> I wish I saw that documentary. I did not. Oh, it was so good. I read this book recently and then and then we will talk about the, the reason why we're all here. But I read this book recently. Um <laughs> I promise. Swear it on our life. It's just really depressing, guys. It's so depressing. So good though. It's it's mm-hmm. a really it's a beautiful novel, but it's depressing. As I'm talking about AIDS, which is also such a lighthearted <laughs> topic. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about this book that I read because it's really it's okay. So there are it's the third one I think just came out, but it's a bunch of it's different authors for every book, but they're the called the Meant to Be series, and they're like they're like retellings of fairy tales. So the first one was Mm -hmm. Cinderella, and she was like like none of the sad stuff because it's like a rom com. So. Um, but she goes on like a bachelor type show and falls in love with <gasps> that's so right up your alley. Um, it was amazing. I read it in like yes. 20 seconds, but the second one is beauty and the beast. And that one was really good because they had a lot of callbacks to beauty and the beast. Mm-hmm. So like there was like a flight attendant attendant named Angela and yes. like a bunch of little callbacks. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so Let cute. Fun little Easter eggs hidden. I love that. That is adorable. Really cute. I like that. Sounds fun. I like that. Meant to be. That's what you said it's called. 
Mm-hmm. The yeah. one that just Let's came read out that is, instead of this sad stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me pull it up on the Kindle. Let's pull this up right now on the Kindle, and we're just gonna we're gonna discuss that. I guess we'll discuss. Here's the thing that makes me really upset about this next chapter. I was looking forward to Bendo. Mm-hmm. Annabelle was looking forward to Bendo. Owen was. I knew Truth God was going to be in there. And then I like forgot that basically the whole night is ruined because of the fact that she, of course, just found out about Emily being assaulted. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. so happy to see Truth Squad back, y'all. I really am. But uh, I know. Okay, let's read it. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Okay, so chapter 14. He, she's arrived at Bendo. Um, she's kind of talking about how she try. I don't know if she was like trying to walk up to Emily or something, but she was basically watching Emily leave. And then she, I yes. thought she was going to go after her that whole time, but then she didn't. Um, and then she goes to Bendo. She's like, I'm just going to put this behind me and just forget about it. And obviously that doesn't happen because are you stupid? Right. But she, boy, she tried. She gave the old college she try. She really did. Owen, like, can tell... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just... I was skipping ahead, so you say this part, actually, first, because that's okay. more chronological. <laughs> <laughs> um, Owen can tell something's wrong with her, as we said earlier. Like, he's like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And this is when she kind of starts to lie to him because she doesn't want to open up about what's going on. She doesn't, you know, like, she can't, really. And so she starts lying to him and then that kind of starts weighing on her because he thinks of her as like so honest and she's like brushing him off. And then go ahead. Yeah, I love how like every time uh, he says it, I think a couple of times in the chapter, like this isn't like you because like he can tell that she is lying. And then she in her own head is like upset because she's like, no, like this is me, like what she kind of says to him next chapter, which we'll get into. But um. Yeah, she like she's upset at herself. Like she's upset about the situation, which she has every right to be. And then she's upset with herself because she's so easily been able to be open with Owen. Like she's finally been able to be open with someone, but this is like the one line she can't cross. Like she can't mm-hmm. like talk about this. The other thing that is exciting that happens at Bendo, besides the True Squad reunion, which we do love and we'll get into here. We find out who Raleigh's mystery lady is. Yes. So that was also exciting. And it is someone we know. I, in my memory, thought it was some, like, callback character. But it's actually a character that is in this novel. It's Clark. It's Clark. Like, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, it's Gorn. It's Gorn. It's Clark. Um, <laughs> good old Clark. Now, every time we say her name, it's going to be the thing of. But I love that, yeah, like, she's this dream girl. And, of course, when we're first introduced to her, she's, like, nerdy Clarks, always has allergies. And she's, you know, Sophie's mean to her because she's not cool enough. And she's somebody's dream girl. And if that doesn't tell you, like, yeah, first of all, the nerdy girls are the coolest ones. <clears throat> Just saying. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Second of all. <laughs> that yeah like there is someone for everyone and just because one person doesn't think you're cool doesn't mean that the other person won't think that the sun shines out of your ass so right yeah forget what mean high school girls are saying like you are awesome you are awesome makes me happy but that's who it is it's clark and we had no (laughs) it's clark and we had no idea (laughs) 
or at least I had no idea it was going to be Clark because the way he described her versus the way that like Sophie and Annabelle describe her is like completely different person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so interesting. Like the perception that different people can have of you. Mm. So cute. She's like, Clark, that's who you've been crushing on? And then he's like, oh, my God, you know her? And she's like, ugh, awkward. I used to be good friends with her, but now I'm not. But, of course, she can't, like, get into all of that. So he's like, this is my end. You go talk to her. And then I'm going to go and bump into you. And she's, like, trying to warn him that she thinks it probably won't work because her and Clark aren't on friendly terms anymore. Um, But she agrees because, again, Raleigh's just, like, so precious and in love with her. And she's like, all right, I'm going to try to do this thing for – for this nice man who goes around like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man <laughs> and is an attacker at empowerment. So she goes up to talk to Clark. who's was talking to somebody else and she's like, hey. And she literally says that um, oh, she says, I know you hate me, okay? But the thing is, and so then Clark cuts her off and she says, is that what you think? And then Annabelle's like, what? And she's like, you think I hate you? And then they never, and she goes, is that what you think the problem is here? And so they are about to, like, I don't know, maybe finally talk about this rift that they've had for the last, you know, whatever decade, basically. And of course, <laughs> Raleigh comes up because that was the plan. And she was going to go talk to her and he was going to go. And he's all like, hey, Annabelle, didn't know you were here. And, you know, does that whole jazz and i'm excited for raleigh i truly am i want him to talk to clark his dream girl i want them to be a thing but i was like dude no not right now like they're they're having a moment like i want them to finish this conversation very badly so dang it raleigh but and this is where we get our our confirmation that it's true squad because he's like oh like you're here for true squad right and she's like oh like i've never seen Mm -hmm. them and he's like oh they're so good and i'm like yeah they are raleigh you're totally right and owen is over talking to ted and oh it did make my heart so happy after such a heavy chapter Ted is up to his usual antics. He's like being pretentious and thinks that he knows everything. And he's like, back in the day, we used to book our own tours and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And talking about this new stuff he's working on. He's mad the openers have gone on late because now they're not going to get to play the new stuff. And (sighs) Ted, I've missed you. (laughs) I've missed your ways. I've missed all my true squad boys. So much. You have not changed one bit, Ted. Not, love you for not it. one iota. Oh, seriously. He's great. And then they get invited backstage. And oh, oh, and of course, they they get a little banter. They're back to their normal ways for a minute because he's talking about how Ted is saying that the new stuff is like more technical. And so Owen's like, oh, how so? Like technical or techno? And he's like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like, hopefully, you know, it's it's weird, but hopefully the masses will still like it. And so, of course, Owen's like, well, you should play it for Annabelle and ask for her opinion. And again, here he goes. Like, she's super honest. She's going to give you her opinion, which I think is just like a dagger to Annabelle's heart right now. But yeah, again, that is how Owen sees her. And, you know, she has been very honest with him, especially about her opinions on techno. And so he's like, if she likes it, you know, it's not too far out there. And she hates it. It won't float with the masses because he's like, she hates techno. So and I was like, oh, they have like a little sweet moment of banter. And then they head backstage. And this is where we see that he's so he's introducing them. 
and we get to see our boy Dexter. Yeah, actually, we get to see pretty much the whole band. Uh, John Miller is there, of course. As we said, Ted has already been reintroduced, and who else is there? Of course, but our girl Remy. Which okay, wait, hold on. I skipped one of the best parts. Our favorite page in this entire book, page two eighty nine. We get another hate spinner bait drop. Yes, we love it. So yes, hate spinner bait. The redhead said, throwing down a card with a smack. Um, Dexter being a little diplomatic here, and it's like, well, you know, it's the good thing about this town. There's lots of choices. Like spinner may not be for everyone, but like we're probably not for everyone. So like you have your Again, as with Owen's rings, always good to have choices. And then she says that she sees a blonde girl sitting in the chair in the corner of the room. She was holding a yellow highlighter and a textbook was open in her lap. I hadn't even seen her. Um, Do you need help? She asked him because Dexter is. Ooh, we switched sides. Fancy. Um, Oh, sorry. (laughs) I didn't know that would happen for you too. (laughs) I looked up and I was like, like, ooh, we switched sides. Um, I was blocking everyone. We're this side with my book, so I was blocking you and looking at myself, and I was like, "I hate this." (laughs) You're like, and now I'm just staring at myself, and it's weird. Yeah, yeah, no, I like being on this side. It works for me. So yeah, so Dexter keeps like dropping his phone, and she says, "Yeah, like this blonde girl asks if he needs help," and then she's, and then he, of course, typical Dexter. He's like, "Thanks, honey." Stop. I love them. <laughs> They're This book is so great, y'all. I mean, again, we're in the depressing part right now, but we get like a Truth Squad reunion. We get Remy and Dexter. We get Wes and Nacy. We get a great character in Annabelle and Owen. Like, so good. Uh, so, yeah. So then, you know, he's all like, thanks, honey. And then he's like, typical Dexter talking up his girl. He's talking about, you know, how she's smart. Um, she goes to Stanford. She's very smart. Um, and then, of course, they're, like, joking around, typical true squad banter, and they're like, why is she with you? And he's like, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> this is so, like, Dexter. He's like, it's probably my mad makeout skills. And then he starts, like, going over and, like, sloppily kissing Remy, and she's like, please stop. <laughs> and, yeah, I just love – they're still happily together. She's off at Stanford. Any break that she gets, it seems like she's hanging out with the band and Dexter and yeah that just made my heart really happy in the middle of like all this heaviness to get a little check-in with some some beloved characters i agree i thought that was so nice i loved it and i love dexter and i love remy and oh i'm so glad we got to see them again i also again just want to commend sarah dustin's talent and that like because she writes all these novels in first person and each character has such a distinct voice that when she brings them back, like, they're still so them. Like, all the characters, like Dexter and Remy and all of them, like, even now that we're seeing them from Annabelle's perspective, are still so in character. And I feel like when you're in the trenches of writing this new character in this new novel, like, that must be hard to kind of go back and forth. But because she, like, A, is a brilliant mm-hmm. writer and B, knows her character so well, like, it just is seamless, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. I also love how during this entire chapter, you know, we're getting this like fun, happy moment, but you can tell that Annabelle is like so disconnected Mm. from everything and she's like totally spiraling, like even though she can like describe the whole scene, yeah, there's like no feeling in it for her because she's just like disassociating and becoming, yeah, she's 
She's not doing yeah. well is yeah, what we'll say. She's struggling at the moment, understandably. So they go back into the crowd because Truth Squad is about to start playing and this is again Owen is like, are you sure you're okay? Like something must be okay. off with you, whatever. And first, well, she she starts to bail and then Raleigh cuts her off and he's like, oh my God, she's letting me talk to her. I'm getting her a drink. And I love how they're drinking water. This is very you. I know. <laughs> it's so, yeah. Okay, Annabelle and her friend, like, Annabelle and, like, this crew, like, Owen and Raleigh or me, and they, like, go to Bento, and they're like, we're going to drink water. <laughs> and you're Remy and her set of friends are like, we're underage. We know the bouncer. We're going to drink some beer anyways. No one can stop us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That Michael Ann is dead. She can't come to the right now. Why? Because she's, she's dead. dead. I want everyone to know true story when i was in college you want to know what people do in college they party they drink right or to the movie theater as stated we used to i had some late nights obviously as a college kid especially working the movies we'd get out of the movies and we're like let's all go to our friend carter's or let's all go to our friend so-and-so's and a lot of times there is adult beverages at these events and i was underage and also driving home and so i would play drinking games with water i shit you not because i was like well i still went out on the fun like i still want to play like never have i ever with y'all but i can't get drunk because i'm driving <laughs> like i am that much of a goody two-shoes and again and how I know that, like, all those after-school specials lied to me because they were always like, your friends are going to push drugs on you and they're going to make you drink. They're going to open your mouth and put a funnel in it and just make you gurgle beer. They're always like, right on, man. Yeah, come sit with your water and play with us. Like, they could not care less that I played with water. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I grew up lie. in Massachusetts. <laughs> I grew up in the Boston area and I went to school in the Bronx and Rhode Island. And I can tell you right now, those after school specials were correct because if you told those people in those areas you weren't drinking, you got shamed for days and days and days. <laughs> okay, so to be clear, um, certain areas the rules do apply, and other areas, um, yeah, I don't know. The hanging out in Gainesville, Florida, not the case. Uh, here's the thing: I think we can say is not a regional thing i want to make it clear that dare lied to you weed is not a gateway yeah. drug no <laughs> that's not a no. thing that's not a thing that's not a thing you're not gonna try that and then suddenly be like and now i'm addicted to heroin right that's i need more high it's like no you don't understand if you think that you can go from weed <laughs> and be like you know what i want weed to be like better and then you would switch to like heroin, heroin? or like meth then you never like, smoked weed a day in your fucking you life. You don't know what weed is, do you? <laughs> exactly. You have no idea. I don't think you understand. Like, you go from weed to, like, mushrooms and, like, LSD and then, like, back yeah. to weed. Yeah. It's, like, psychedelics is yeah. what people, you know, like, that's which, like, which is, like, whatever. It's all, like, normal, like, natural shit. No one is, like, I'm going to go to hair. I'm going to inject heroin into me now. Right. So, and so to be clear. <laughs> I've never done mushrooms or LSD either, but yeah, people, people do, do it, which whatever, right on, man. That's, I'll just continue drinking water at college parties. <laughs> I did drink at college parties just when I was legally allowed to. 
I love that. I just love that. I wish I did that. Honestly, the person I was was not a good was not good. And people should be more like Bethany. Okay. Anyway, guys, <clears throat> I don't know how much of that made it. This all started because they were drinking water. Oh and god. And then a whole thing probably 80% of it will be cut out. So y'all missed it. Wow. Oh my God, you guys, I don't even know where we're at anymore. And like, just so the audience knows, like, even when we both are aware that what we're saying is going to get cut out, we still include you guys as if you're yeah. listening. Yeah. And we like will <laughs> clarify things to you guys and you don't hear it. Like you're never going to hear it. Some of you <laughs> might hear it one day again if we ever like make our little clips. I do want to make like a blooper reel, like a special end of the year blooper reel or something oh where I just like God. do some like be funny, so funny little cutouts or whatever from things that have hit the, the cutting room floor. But yeah, like we literally will be like, just to clarify to you guys, like you're listening, but you're not. <laughs> We both know damn well you're not going to hear <laughs> we it. We both know. We both know. We're like, that's being edited out. But we talk to you like you're there. So you're always in our hearts so and our minds. Our, you're, always, <laughs> you're always in our hearts. Just so you guys know. You are. <sighs> so yeah. Okay, what Annabelle is basically trying to dip out of Bendo, which breaks my heart for numerous reasons. One, because she's going through it and she's struggling and she – you know, feels like she can't be honest and that's making her really upset. And also I'm sad because she, I'm never going to know her thoughts in the potato opus now. Okay. She didn't get to hear the truth squad. And I'm I know. generally pretty heartbroken about that. I'm not going to lie. I know. And yeah. And so then she goes outside and she like dry heaves. She's like, go, like she's re-traumatized basically. Like yeah. all of the trauma she's been pushing, 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 pushing is like, it's here, it's in your face, and it's going to get worse in Chapter 15. Yep. Sorry, guys. <sighs> here we are, Chapter 15, and <sighs> it's kind of like Annabelle has gone back to square one a little bit, which yeah. is understandable, but still very, very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a month and a half um, by the time we get to chapter 15. Basically, the day or the Monday after Bendo, he like went to her, Owen went to Annabelle's car and was like, what happened to you? I was waiting for you. And she just like cannot bring herself to tell him what's going on. She pushes him away. He's like, this isn't like you. And she's like, this is exactly like me. You don't know me. And or she didn't say you don't know me, but basically, um, and he's like, you could have, you can tell me anything. Like, I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. She blows him off. And then they. It breaks my heart. So I know. Much. It, it's so hard because it's like, <sighs> Owen, like, neither of them are coming from, like, a place, like, a bad place. Like, yeah. nobody's, like, really in the wrong. Like, right. Annabelle did bail on him and then not explain. But when you know what is going on, you're like, way less mad at her yeah and and he really isn't like he doesn't come at her you know he said before that if someone really cares for you one mistake doesn't you know like just because they're upset at you doesn't mean that things are over and he is clearly upset about the situation he waited for her and she just up and left but he comes at her wanting an explanation he doesn't come at her like sophie did where he acts like he already knows the situation and just starts accusing her of things he doesn't blow her off like Clark did like he comes to her and is like clearly upset about something but is like you have the right to explain like what what's happening you know and right. and you can tell he's really coming 
to her with concern. Like he clearly, he knew something was wrong at Bendo. Then she just up and leaves. And I think he, you know, like he's saying to her, like, you can tell me anything you can, you know, whatever, which is really nice. But again, that's so easy for him. And again, it's only easy for him because he's been through the training, so to speak. You know, he went through anger management. Like, he had to go to therapy to learn those things. Annabelle's not there yet. (laughs) So it's easy for him to be like, you can come to me about anything. But obviously, she can't. And yeah, like you said, like, neither one of them are in the wrong. But it's just heartbreaking because you want her to say something. You want him to push a little harder or, I don't know, like, do something. But you also understand, like, why neither of them can do that after reading this chapter in my head the entire time i was thinking do something babe say something say something <laughs> like <laughs> and then when i went to pick up willow i played that song on repeat and i'm like <laughs> that is fantastic You're losing me. <laughs> but yeah oh. like that's that those are the vibes that is the perfect those are the vibes the perfect song for this moment those are the vibes yeah um yeah and it I think like she also has so she she's expecting as you said like she's first of all expecting somebody to hate her forever for some reason. Yeah. Um and that started before her and Sophie really got together as friends because um like with Clark she had that one incident and she was like okay Clark's never going to like me again I'm just not going to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she always feels like she's being brushed off like we all we, it's consistently we see right before a big annabelle moment something happens with whitney and whitney steals the yes. show and so it's like she has this subconscious messaging that like you don't really matter that much yeah. or like just because of circumstance i mean again it's no one's fault i'm not saying like her parents are like bad parents they're just overwhelmed with whitney basically yeah and It's just, like, the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, they need to, like, use their resources more wisely. You know, like, whoa, hi, I turned to my mic there. Um, (laughs) Yes, obviously pour love into Whitney and be concerned about Whitney. But, yeah, like, you could – I don't know. There's two of you. Tag team it. Mom worries about Whitney today. Dad goes in, worries about Kirsten, and then he worries about – you know, Annabelle, mom's turn is Annabelle today. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so right. nursing works, but you know what I mean? I, yeah, I do think <laughs> that they need to. Yeah. Just remember that through all of it. And again, too, you know, like last episode, we were kind of talking about how difficult it is to be around someone who's going through an eating disorder. And I think that her parents have to feel it. And I hope that they at least check in with each other, you know, and are like, hey, babe, like, how, how are you doing with this? Like, this has been a hard day or this has been a hard month or a hard yeah. year. But I don't know why they wouldn't ever think, you know, wow, this is really hard for me, like, watching our daughter. Like, I wonder what her sisters are feeling like. And, again, the fact that Annabelle has this whole other thing on top of it that she feels like she can't share. It's just, like, another added, you know. Not to mention Annabelle literally found her on the bathroom floor. Yes. And, like, we have just never. Never addressed it. Never. Like, what like she was a child she found her older sister like can you imagine how much that how painful that would be yeah i think i was watching one of my sisters go through something like that and how much that would have affected me and 
especially seeing what Annabelle saw and being the one to find her. And I'm just astounded mm-hmm. that her parents were like, we're going to brush that one right under the rug and not discuss it. <laughs> like what? I know. What? I know. It makes, know. it makes no sense. Like it yeah. just makes no sense. I mean, I get it. It makes sense, but you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? It just sucks. I guess is what I really am trying to say. Yes, it does. It does just suck. But then, um, so then she's in the bathroom and a couple girls walk in and they start talking about basically how Emily went to the police and they arrested Will for sexual assault or second degree rape. Um, and this has kind of really gotten Annabelle like in the jugular because she's like oh my god like Emily did what I couldn't do and then we see like Emily's kind of doing okay she like always has her girlfriends around her she's like still living her life she's still like you know not isolating herself like um, Annabelle did Annabelle isolated herself and she continues to isolate herself because she thinks that's what she like deserves or what should be happening which is totally relatable but she's kind of seeing emily handle it differently and i think it's kind of like making her like worse i'm not like worse but you know what i mean she's kind of like yeah like yeah not like worse but it's kind of like regressing like we've kind of seen in the last few chapters she's like coming out of her shell she's you know, learning to be a little bit more open and honest. And then all of this just completely like tilts her, you know, world yeah. on its side. And she's kind of regressing back into probably the way that she was over the summer, like right before the school year started. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And on the flip side, Sophie didn't come to school that Monday. She is starting to isolate herself as well she leaves school for lunch every day somebody in a black car picking her up um that's not will and sophie like nobody really even knows what's going on with sophie she doesn't know like no one knows if they're still dating or whatever and yeah it's kind of like such an interesting dynamic like i wonder what emily's support system at home was like versus um you know annabelle's and then also like she was able to go back to friends she had before sophie annabelle didn't even try that so it's like you know there's got to be nature versus nurture stuff in there too so i'd be interested to see yeah it does seem like from what we know of the fashion show she like immediately went to her mom and i think they say that here too Mm -hmm. the girls are like oh yeah she went she talked to her mom they went to the cops immediately and yeah, it, it seems like she definitely has a much different, much more open, you know, feels comfortable being able to tell her mom that kind of stuff as opposed to, as we know, Annabelle certainly does not feel that way, which is, uh, yeah. you know, obviously very sad. And yeah, like a part of me is like really happy for Emily. Another part of me, I mean, I'm not like happy for her because obviously she also went through a very traumatic experience, but I am 
you know, happy that she has her mom to turn to, that she did feel comfortable speaking up about it. That's great. And that her speaking up has encouraged, as we learn, uh, some other fellow Perkins Day, because, again, it's pretty clear at this point that he has a habit of this and other people are going to go forward. But I also am heartbroken for her that she had to go through through that experience to begin with. And also, as we, you know, kind of discussed a little bit in Dreamland with abuse and him getting arrested, Rogerson getting arrested, um, you know, they, they mentioned that he immediately gets bailed out. His dad gets in the best lawyer. And you kind of know this isn't going to go anywhere, you know, and, and also how difficult it's going to be if it does go to trial and all that kind of stuff. So while I'm very happy that Emily has a good support system and her family and now clearly these friends that she was able to to go back to now that she's like been sucked out of Sophie's orbit. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about the, the road that she has ahead of her, too. And I'm like, oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, geez. And I think it I mean, I think it does go to trial. So it's like, yeah, you're going to have, you know, she's going to have to relive that. I mean, I say that she's doing OK, but really it's like we don't really know how she's doing right. and she's just not isolating herself. And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen to her during the trial, after the trial. Like, have you guys seen Degrassi? Yeah. Have you, have you seen, have you seen Degrassi? Yeah. OK. <laughs> Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, those, were, those were some some good episodes. That's a rough episode. Those were some good episodes. Everything I learned, I learned from Degrassi, everyone. 100%. <laughs> Degrassi 100%. really shaped me as a, as a human being, it, and I'd like to think it. It really did. It, it changed my life. Like Also, really, sure. oh, it, to this day, it makes me want to pronounce sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. 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 So good. Sorry. So great. I love a Canadian and that's, sorry. And one of those Taylor Swift songs, she says sorry like that. Yeah. And we're both sorry. Sorry. We're both sorry. And I was like, X-Mars. are you Canadian? Was she watching Degrassi? <laughs> was she watching like a Degrassi marathon? You know? She called up Drake and was like, hey, remember, remember when you were on Degrassi and said sorry? And he's like, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I hope she doesn't and associate now I'm, with Drake. She's already associating with yeah. people. <laughs> Stay away from him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. <sighs> we can't. Oh, no. We don't have time for that conversation. We don't, we don't have time for that. I'm also one of my friends messaged me. I like that now, which everyone, like, I just have an entire chain of people that I message about the Taylor Swift, Maddie, like, you. <laughs> it's honestly ridiculous at this point. But one of my friends messaged me something, and... I was just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm really upset about this and like I just love her a lot and I really don't want her to associate with someone like that and, you know, like, oh, like what does that mean? And so she's like, you know, we've all had bad rebounds after like a good relationship. Like Joe, it was a long-term thing. Like they seemed – he seemed like a good guy and she's like, I'm chalking it up to hopefully it's just a weird rebound thing. And I was like, yes, but could it end quickly? Please and thank you. I'd really appreciate it because I don't like this. Yeah, she's going to like some self-destructive mode thing with this guy, like big time. No and it's like, girl, what are you thinking? What part are you thinking? Not cool. Not cool. Oh God. But but anyway, hey, we're oh yes. Here's where it's mentioned. Uh, I talked a little bit about how her dad didn't push. The night she came home from a party and you talked a little bit about when she goes and sees Sophie in the store and her mom's like, oh, your old pal Sophie. And like doesn't even realize they don't talk anymore. But here is where she talks about how 
the last couple of months, you know, um, she's said like last month was a blur, which is when she's kind of after the night that what happened to Emily happened and she walks out on Owen at Bendo. So she's talking about just kind of how the, you know, October had faded into November and then December somehow came. And so she was saying that um, she was saying, even when people did try to talk to me at school, I barely replied. So used to my isolation that now I preferred it. At first on weekend nights, my mom and dad seemed curious as to why I didn't go out or have plans. But after a few times of telling them I was just so tired from the models and school and trying to catch up on my schoolwork, they stopped asking. And it's like, hello. This is a sign. And I like that y'all tried for a minute. You tried. But again... Remember what happened with Whitney when you just let that lie? Why would you let this lie? Why? Like, well, I'd keep asking. Any parents listening right. out there? And by that, I mean, hi, my mom. And you do keep asking. Um, so I'm preaching to the choir. But keep asking is all I'm going to say about Keep that. asking. <laughs> keep asking. Yeah. And I also want to mention something we forgot to mention. Um when her parents met her backstage after the fashion show, they were like, oh, Whitney's at home. And she was So there. Whitney yeah. went to the fashion show but didn't tell her parents and like, pretended yep. like she was home the whole time, which I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Yep. Very telling. Very telling. Yeah. And then we also get some updates. Kirsten is becoming um, like a new her. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And she's definitely like something is going on with the TA for sure. <laughs> yeah. And she's absolutely obsessed with her TA. Yeah. I mean, just she is a doe-eyed schoolgirl for this guy for sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she's like learning how to communicate. She's not quite oversharing as much. And she's coming home for christmas Mm -hmm. so they are very excited about that whitney's herbs are doing really well she's cooking and she's writing a bunch i do love love that for whitney you go girl Mm -hmm. yeah i do too and then she gets there she's doing the new spring commercial um and she is like numb to this information like she doesn't want to do it, but she's also not going to fight it because she's just going through the motions at this point. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she's like, oh, I just talked to Annabelle. She's thrilled. And it's like, thrilled? Like, are you literally looking at her at all? Are you like, it's mind blowing to me. Like, she's not this good of an actress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Owen knew. Owen yeah, could clearly tell automatically that something was wrong. Wake mm-hmm. up, mom. Pay some attention. Seriously. Yeah, Will's trial was coming up. There were some girls from his school that were going to come forward with stories similar to Emily's. Um, she's kind of saying that Emily is like in the hallways, like socializing and, and laughing and like looks like she's, you know, got some good support around her. And then she says this is when she started to really be aware of silence. So she started mm. playing music all the time. So this is when she starts finally going through those CDs that Owen made her. She I says wish she, she could talk to him about it, which she could. Like he would be down for, but she like feels she like could she could show up right at now. his house. 
and be like hey owen let's go to waffle house and he'd be like absolutely He's like absolutely let's go double bacon all day what have you been listening to do you still hate techno also i love you and she'd be like oh my god same z's <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> so yeah so they're in the park they're you know after this little thing Oh, she hasn't listened to the Just Listen yet CD yet, though, because she's like, that's the last one. And one she's like out. really sad that her journey through this music is going to be over soon. Um, yeah. And then she's like back to the present. Her and her mom get in the car. It's snowing out. And her mom's like, wow, it's so beautiful. And I'm completely oblivious to everything <laughs> around me. And... Very, ends with, very I more know. like Gilmore, though, this whole bit about how, like, yes, there's yeah. something in snow that just makes everything seem so fresh. And I'm like, Lorelai. But Lorelai would never. She would know something was wrong with Rory. <laughs> Lorelai was perceptive as fuck. True. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then it ends with, I nodded. The light was a long one, and even though it was barely 5 p.m., it was already getting dark. My mom glanced over at me, smiling, then reached forward to the radio as she twisted the volume, filling the car with classical music, I turned my head to the side. The window was cool against my cheek. Those pretty flakes still falling as I closed my eyes. And, like, that's where we're going to leave off for the week. And I'm so sorry. I, I really, I'd like, to, I'd like to apologize for how depressing these three chapters are. And that that's where we leave you until yeah. this next bit better be more uplifting. <laughs> this was not, <laughs> these chapters were not fun. Again, I like seeing Drew's mm -hmm. Squad again and Remy and Sarah's work is beautiful as always. But yeah, when I, I finished chapter 16, I was like, wow, yep, it's not a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this episode. Mm hmm. I know. I was like, oh, God. Rest now. Oh, God. And then I just listened to uh, You're Losing Me from, by Taylor Swift on repeat, like over and over again. Oh. I also watch uh, – so this was my weekend. I mean, my weekend was lovely, but I read those three really depressing chapters, and then I watched the Bridgerton spinoff, Queen Charlotte. I finally got around to that, and then I, like, cried my way through that and was like, this is – I'm just depressed now. This is just depressing things. <laughs> Let's – since we just got really depressed, um, next week will be better. It's going to be more uplifting. I can feel it in my bones. This is, again, I would just like to thank Sarah Dustin for putting this beautiful novel out into the world, even when it really depresses me. But I'm going to try to think of one happy thought. Let's both leave this episode with a happy thought <laughs> and not a depressive one before we all meet up next week to discuss the next chapters. Um, okay, what's my happy thought? think of one mm. um oh i have one my sister took a picture this weekend they went to go to a baseball game they took like a little impromptu road trip down to like the saint pete area to go see the Rays play which is a lot when you have like a brand new fresh baby and so i think it was like a little stressful but then they got to the hotel that night and my niece and my nephew had to share a bed, which they were like, meh, about. And then she woke up in the middle of the night to like feed my youngest nephew and they were literally like snuggling in the bed together. And that's my happy oh my thought. God. It's really, it's precious. So that's what I leave you all with. Okay. The thought of adorable children just like finding each other in the bed and snuggling. And again, the, the love between 
siblings and how it's it's really beautiful sometimes. So that's my happy thought of the week for you all. I'll leave one too. When I – I might have told this already on the podcast, but I don't care. I'm telling it again because it's my happy memory right now. <laughs> when I went up to Boston a few weeks ago, me and my 14-year-old niece made Taylor Swift friendship bracelets together for the concert. Yes. And when we were done and she was going to bed, she said, thank you for making bracelets with me. <sighs> and I basically almost cried. Like, thank <laughs> you for making bracelets with me, actually. I was like, I was like are you kidding? Thank you. Thank like, you. It was an honor, just so you know. I was like, I'm not trading these bracelets because of this memory. Yeah, so like, just so you are, are aware. Are you serious right now? I'm keeping these forever. I will be buried with yeah. these bracelets. Thank you so much. Like, <laughs> obviously. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> you know what, guys? I feel a little lighter now. And I hope all of you do as well. And thank you for coming out with us and listening. Um, again, I just I enjoy a good listen pun right now. I'm sorry, guys. There's only a couple more weeks you have to hear them. <laughs> yeah take care of yourselves as always and we uh we'll bid you adieu yeah bye <laughs>